Hello, this is Derek Ray, and you're listening to Hey Eintracht Frankfurt, episode 300. Hey there, Brian and KC, KCSG on Twitter, and basically every other platform that is out there worth following. Just wanted to say, yes, I'm still out and amongst it, enjoying the Eintracht with wee little Luke at my side, and Eintracht and me, of course. The wee girl is uh, never not uh, watching the Eagles alongside me. On a match-in, match-out basis. I will be returning back uh, to the podcast in short order, but wanted to say a few words before we start episode 300. When this podcast was began in the spring of 2017, this was a club that it had only been, what, four or five seasons removed since playing in the Europa League, where we faced off against Porto in the knockout phase. We hadn't basically been in the top half of the league since that first return from uh, the relegation year when we finished in sixth place. We hadn't been to the Pokal final since uh, 2006. We had just escaped relegation against Nuremberg and the relegation playoff Early at the end of that previous season, the first season, go figure, of the Fox uh, broadcast package with the Bundesliga. And it was a weird time as an Eintracht Frankfurt fan to be starting a podcast dedicated to the Eintracht. And what has happened since? We've been to three uh, Depe Pokal finals. Hosted one Super Cup, uh, won one of those trophies uh, from the domestic uh, German ranks, have won and lifted the Europa Pokal, being a part of multiple European campaigns that Europa Pokal spawned us playing off against Real Madrid in the UEFA Super Cup between the Europa League and Champions League winners. Eintracht playing in the Champions League, the top echelon of European competition for the first time since we were German champions all the way back in 58-59, where we then took that opportunity, went all the way to the final in Glasgow against Real Madrid. Eintracht has seen some wonderful moments in the time that this podcast has been running. Andre Silva breaking the goal-scoring record. Uh, Philip Kostic becoming an absolute superstar. You can say the same about Randall Kolomwani. Granted, just a one-season stay with the Eintracht, but what a special player. Uh, the the win uh, over Barcelona. Uh, in Barcelona, where... Thousands, tens of thousands of Eintracht fans invaded the Catalonian capital to see the Eintracht play, progressing on, playing West Ham United, then going on to Seville and beating Rangers. I'll never forget recording that episode, and you can go back into the archives to listen to that one as well. I'd like to thank everyone who's uh, had to listen to any of the episodes in since uh, we had that wonderful recording. And there's so many more uh, Eintracht moments here yet to come from the men, from the women. So without further ado, have a good listen to episode 300 of Hey Eintracht Frankfurt. 
Welcome back to Hey On Track Frankfurt. Thank you, Derek Ray. Thank you, Brian, uh, for bringing all of us together. It is a special occasion here, episode 300. I am Chris in the middle of Michigan, sometimes in Detroit. I am so thrilled to be here for this awesome episode. Um, a little bit unique. Uh, we're not so much going to talk about the games on hand as much as we're going to talk about just how much fun it is talking about this team and, and this club and everything around it. Um, but I'm not doing it alone. Uh, this is the fans podcast run by fans for fans and all fans are welcome to participate. Uh, besides Brian, obviously the fan that started this, um, everyone who's been on this show, uh, as a host or guest host is a fan of this club and we do it for fun. We do it because we enjoy everything there is in the English language and for some of us like me with my bad German, the German language as well about Eintracht Frankfurt. So we really appreciate you tuning in. Uh, we hope that you will follow us, subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, if you don't know where to find us, go to halfpod.com. That's our website. Uh, it's all run right out of my basement. So it's not the prettiest thing, but it gets the job done. It's kind of like the Eintracht Frankfurt midfield. Um, <laughs> uh, there you can listen to episodes, the current episode, uh, or archived episodes going back all the way, I think close to the start are all archived on there. Um, some new features coming online all the time, the statistic zone most recently, which we're enhancing week by week, uh, follow games all around Germany, top two tiers, men's and women's in live real time. And uh, some new stuff that we're working on that will come down the line. We'll talk about that later. Uh, but that's enough of me. I'm going to go to my co-host today. Just right down I-96 in Metro Detroit. Garrett and Warren, have you recovered from last night's Detroit Lions disappointment? So, Chris, you know, um, during that game yesterday when I was watching it, I felt like in the moment I felt like I was watching it. Uh, a passing and a funeral happened um, right in front of my eyes. And then, <laughs> you know, 20 minutes passed since the game, 30 minutes passed since the game. We're now making almost 24 hours now since the um, almost since the game ended. And I'm a little more upbeat because, you know, I feel like there's some pair as we are in this special episode and this special occasion about this special club that we love, there are some parallels for what we saw last night to the club that we follow. And sometimes that is shit happens. And sometimes that shit happens because of our, you know, our club's decisions they make during a game. It's now how they'll it's a friendly reminder it's a friendly reminder no matter what sport you follow what team you follow there are other divas in sports yes as dark as things are there is another day there's always another game yep uh unless you're at the usl club in st louis i'm sorry nathan Oof. sometimes there's not another game too soon chris too soon but um that's the truth yeah. that all all teams, all clubs, and all sports, they have their ups and downs. And we're looking forward to next season. But this is not the Detroit Lions podcast. Yeah. This is Hey, I'm Track Frankfurt. Hell yeah. And uh, before we get into all the nostalgia, we're going to talk about what's happened in the last week. Um, so let's start on the men's side, Garrett. Um, 
an interesting one on the weekend. Uh, the Rhein-Main Derby, if you will. Uh, Eintracht Frankfurt hosting Mainz, who is kind of a thorn in our side, but not so much in the home fixture. Uh, why don't you talk about lineups? Uh, anything that surprised you with the guys coming back from African Championship? I think it was a good thing in a way that Elish Giri and Ferris Chaibi, I wasn't expecting them to be back for this. Um, I thought, if anything, they might be coming back too close. You know, they'll be in for sure for Cone, but both of them made the bench. Um, you know, same starting lineup that we did uh, as the last two matches. Uh, 3-4-2-1 shape. So, trap and goal. Uh, Tuta, Cock, Pacho back three. Uh, Mbembe, uh, Larson, Gautza, uh, and Cuckoo from right to left in there. Um, Knopf. Donny van de Beek, Sasha Kalajic up top. Uh, but man, you and I were talking about in that first half. I felt like we were just trying to we were trying to control the game a bit too much rather than urgency. There wasn't any urgency, and I think even Dino saw that because Danny van de Beek got the bump and got uh, subbed off at halftime on his home debut for returning Ferris Chaibi. Um, and why don't you kind of fill us in on if you feel like that was a spark for the second half? Well, yeah, I mean, I certainly think it is with with Chaibi's return and his comfort having been in the system now for four or five months. Um, but I was a little confused. Uh, I don't know. Maybe I expected too much. From Vanderbeek coming in, you know, that Premier League hype. Ooh, a guy's coming from Manchester United. Who gives a shit? <laughs> um, I'm a little disappointed. It's what his third match out, I think, and we haven't seen him run out 90 minutes yet. Right. Now, whether it's a fitness thing, I know people mention he hasn't seen full match time in anywhere he's played recently. Um, but still, man, I mean, you come here. Be ready to play. Yeah. The fitness thing. I again I don't know if it's fitness or if it's just comfort working himself in. I expect a little more. I think Kalajic has fit in a little more comfortably. He's certainly more aggressive, uh, which I was expecting a little more of that from Van de Beek, but you know, maybe he'll get there. Um, but I think the comfort level having Chibi in the second half, uh, it looked a little more a little more fluid on that side. Bimbe back there. Um you know, I was looking at this, watching the game, and after we scored, you know, it took a while to score. We'll talk about that in a minute. Um, but having not allowed a single shot on target through the entire first half, it was kind of like, okay, we, uh, you know, we held things in place, but also we haven't attacked too much on our own. Right. Um, and it, it kind of took a fluke to get that goal. Mario Goza, 72nd minute. Uh, shot lots of lots of traffic in front of the goal. The ball's bouncing around, bounces up in the air, and there he is, kept on side uh, <laughs> by a friendly face. As um, someone said, that's the that's the best work Dominic Cor has ever done for Eintracht Frankfurt. I was the which, one who uh, said that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There you go. Sorry for for not crediting you there. <laughs> um, you know his foot. I watched the replay three or four times. Didn't even notice his foot. Just holding Goza on side by a couple inches, maybe. Yeah. Um, 
awesome uh, awareness by him to finish out the play. Sometimes guys are afraid of being whistled, so they just, you know, stop. Uh, but in that point in the game, we had nothing to lose. Might as well put it in the goal, see what happens. And um, I thought we closed out really well, too. How do you how do you think we played the adjustments made after the goal was scored to go a little quicker, uh, but also defensive-minded? I think the thing is efficiency. Um, would I have loved to get in the second or more in that match? Absolutely. But, you know, we were reminded of how the Darmstadt match finished. And what we didn't do in that last, you know, last third of the match and that lost us, you know, we had a, you know, a comfortable lead and we, you know, we let it slip away. We didn't do that on Friday. We, it wasn't like the Leipzig match where it was completely not going to have any attack and you're just going to, you know, batten down the hatches and be good, good to go, get it out somewhat. It was a mix of, okay, let's do it in here, let's speed things up, but also let's not be too risky because the first thing is to win. I think it's impressive that we already have two clean sheets out of the break. Three matches played. Yeah. Um, you know, we're not used to, as a club, having clean sheets, period, let alone as much as we're starting to have them. So I think that is credit to Dino, credit to all in that coaching staff, um, especially with a lot with a little bit of a makeshift squad and some new tactics these last few matches, um, while you know Scary and Shaibi and um, were away, they're back, um, and now we got Omar Marmush coming back, which we might highlight later on. Um, it's showing that we can there you know is a plan B and maybe a plan C to how this club plays. Um, it's. It can they keep going? It's a good start so far to this uh, return. Can they keep going? For sure. Uh, I got a little little trivia for you here. That was match day nineteen for us. Now only two players on the roster have played in all nineteen matches. Do you know who those two are? All right. Um, it's not Dina and Bembe. Uh, it's Hugo Larson, one of them. No. Oh shit. Um, is <laughs> Villian Pacho. Uh, Pacho is one of them, yes. Okay. And the other one, uh, I'm going to buy you a chocolate milk if you get it. All right, hold tight. You get one try. I get one shot, one opportunity. Uh, well, he's over there Googling. <laughs> no, it's Tuta, right? Nope, close. It's Buta. Oh. So, you know, Buta has come off the bench seven times. And it, it to your point about... Um, plans A, B, and C here. Um, Buta hasn't necessarily been an, a name that you're hearing a lot during matches, uh, but to be trusted with 19 appearances and 19 matches played, uh, that says something yeah. about the depth that Dino thinks he has on that bench. And even though guys don't have their foot on the ball at all times, uh, he's getting them out there. He's getting them the time. Um, and you know, I, I pulled that by the way, from our statistics zone at halfpod.com. Um, our friends over at sport monks provide this awesome data to us. Um, at this point in the season, when you look at player ratings, um, uh, guys that have played, you know, a reasonable number of matches, Omar Marmush is our top rated player. Um, grading out is 7.3 and Chibi number two is 7.2. And those are a couple guys that have been gone now um, or Chibi back this week, but mostly gone for the last few weeks. So 
Um, certainly some of these guys coming back are the better players. And I think we weathered the storm as good as we could have expected to this point. Um, Darmstadt aside, you know, kind of a blip on the radar there. But we weathered the storm. Um, now sitting after 19 matches, sixth in the table, two points behind RB Leipzig, who dropped a, a shocker over the weekend. I mean, that was um, it was ugly. I just I watched the highlights of that tonight. It, it could have been more for Stuttgart. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Stuttgart, who we had a lot of questions about the way that they lost two in a row um, and to go out and get a big win against another team that's fighting for those European spots was good for them. Uh, I track Frankfurt on 31, two points behind Leipzig at 33. Uh, Leverkusen still pacing the table, uh, 49 points through 19 matches. Uh, that magic Champions League spot that we desperately want to achieve through league play. Uh, we're five points back of Dortmund right now. Uh, Dortmund's won three in a row. Uh, we're back on the winning path, winning three of our last four. Uh, so we're playing well. I mean, nobody's been clean five out of five going back uh, the last couple of weeks or the last month or so. But I, we didn't know what we were getting out of the restart. And I think we weathered an early storm and we're back uh, on solid ground. We got contributors coming back now and we're going to need them because the schedule is going to get tough again. Um, we'll get back to that as we preview things a little bit later in the show. Um, let's transition over to the women's side now. Uh, Eintracht Frauen playing a home match against Cologne. Uh, a trap game, uh, a classic trap game, not a Kevin trap game. Um, sandwich, <laughs> sandwich between two Champions League games. Um, Barcelona, uh, knocked Eintracht Frankfurt out of Champions League play last Thursday. On a 2-0 scoreline, not going to get into it too much. It's pretty much what we expected. Um, but I think the the women played real tough. The two games against the best club in the world right now in the women's game. Um, they fought like hell in both of those games. Uh, all credit to them. They, they really put it out there. Holding this Barcelona squad to two goals in a match is not something a lot of people are doing right now. And... Um, you know, we were outplayed, we were outshot, outpossessed, out everything, uh, but they fought like hell. And to go down doing it the way they did is not the worst exit in the world. We didn't get the help we needed elsewhere. Um, so it is what it is in Champions League play. Uh, but there's another one coming up Wednesday, last opportunity to see the Frauen in this year's edition of the Champions League, uh, where they'll face Rosengard, who is also uh, mathematically eliminated. Um, but stuck right between those two matches, uh, Cologne, a league match that, um, you know, it, it was something where, oh, how, how are we going to say it? Um, I was worried about a letdown, uh, but that wasn't something that came out of this one. It was a matter of when, not if. Uh, certainly, like with the men's side, when these things go late into a match where you're statistically better, you're, you're tactically better, uh, when it gets 0-0 and it keeps going and going, uh, it makes you question a couple things. Um, this one went 23 minutes deep. Uh, one of our newest contributors and a player whose name I'm about to butcher, um, but I love the way she played, um, Elida uh, Akochik. 
I don't know. Garrett, did I say that right? Uh, I, I didn't get a chance to take a look at the name on there, so I'm going to say I you're on the right direction. Okay. Well, I'm going to learn that before the next episode because I think we're going to hear about her a lot. Right. Uh, she played positionally well. Um, she looked for space. I think that was her first match out with us, maybe the second. Um, but she was searching for space. She was moving to the ball. Um, and really, I had my eye on her from the start. Uh, just because of the way that she was finding space to work with. So I'm pleased by that. Uh, holding on to a 1-0 lead for 70 minutes is never going to be easy ever uh, at any level, but they got it done, which is really cool. Uh, so to take points at home in league play, even with a disappointment in Champions League. Um, so where that puts them in the table now is another interesting factor um, because – some things around the league change. Uh, one thing that does not change, Wolfsburg and Bayern topping the Frauen table. Uh, Wolfsburg at 28 points, Bayern at 27. Again, the first two spots get that automatic Champions League qualification. That's what we're chasing there. Um, only 10 match days to go, 11 match days to go. Um, so we got some, some ground to make up. Four points. Well, really we got to get five points because the goal differential is not on our side either. Um, we need to overtake Bayern by five points and that's going to come in head to head matches and we're going to need help in other places too. So, um, Garrett, I know, I know you didn't get a chance to watch that one. And, um, for some reason there's no highlights on YouTube at the moment. Uh, but any thoughts on the frown here as, as we come off the, Champions League exit, but yet still in the competition this week. I agree with you in that it was a hard-fought performance to against Barcelona both games. You know, you only allowed, especially on the road, you only allowed two goals is impressive. You want to know what the thing I'm actually was, and you might have seen me talk about this. I thought when our build-up play, I think we we were a little bit timid in some of our attack when we had the opportunity. Um, I think. Barca was, Lona was giving us some space and we just didn't have that edge. And I felt like that kind of goes back to, I think, why we're, you know, having just one more group game instead of, you know, being one of the two teams out is learning the, learning to get that edge. Um, and, you know, I mean, I say it's a gritty performance defensively, but man, it's like if you get an opportunity, to create chances and take shots in this competition, you got to take them. Otherwise, it might you'll end up like what we're ending up in. And I think we've already, if you look at where we were from last year, we've already made strides. Here's hoping that we continue to make those strides. So to continue to go to the, what the next levels that are and onward and onward and onward. Great to get the win in, against Colm. So that they quickly got over that, you know, loss in Barcelona. Now it's like part two of the season begins. And, you know, you got to keep going because, you know, if you slip up a little bit in this league, you know, you're going to pay for it. Yeah. Hoffenheim's not far behind. Uh, Three is safe, but we'd like that two spot. And you can't be giving up points to teams that are lower in the table uh, or, or it's going to come back to bite you. There's no room for error down the stretch. Eintracht has won four in a row. Uh, Byron dropped two points last week. So the window, the window is there. Uh, we just 
have to take advantage of the opportunity. We'll have more on the frown a bit later. Um, I'm, I'm a little tired, Garrett. I'm going to have a sip of my drink here. Um, special uh, NFL gatherings yesterday. Any good food or beverages in your lineup this week? So yesterday, um, I came from Detroit uh, from a shift at the Detroit Boat Show. So um, thankfully, I so I didn't eat there, but um, I did have uh, my friend Brian's hosting the Super Bowl party. So he probably went to Costco or Sam's and bought a thirty-six pack of Pepsi cans. Um, and so I had a couple cans of that with water. I'm actually having a glass now because. My our new pizza, a new pizza place that opened up by me does an insane deal of a large two topping pizza with bread and a two liter of pop for twelve ninety nine. So you can't get anything for that price. Though. No, it's so good. <laughs> so I'm having a glass of that right now, just because I knew I had had to have something, a beverage to sip on uh, while recording this. So shout out to Table Fifty Three Pizzeria if you're in the Warren or Sterling Heights or surrounding area, give them a shout out. Great folks. Um, and to all those, um, you know, that were slamming beverages of all the types, you know, where yesterday and that here's to you. So for me, um, my food of choice recently during this epic Detroit lions run was chicken wings. I am so chicken winged out. <laughs> um, I probably won't eat one till next season or Maybe longer. Uh, <laughs> I'm just going to send, find am, out, send you chicken wings. Oh, yeah, an anonymous delivery of chicken wings. Just, there is a Detroit Winco right down the street from my house, which is <laughs> the best in town. Um, so, yeah, I'm chicken winged out. Um, but I've made my transition now from beer season, now that football's over, to whiskey winter, uh, which is my favorite part of the year. Um, but I'm going with, with something off my usual shelf, usual shelf tonight. Um, nothing special, but one of my go-tos, Four Roses Bourbon, uh, today being a celebration, uh, doing some research in the Hefpod archives, uh, found out that I've been with the show now for four years. So, I uh, certainly appreciate Brian bringing me on, a uh, little spot work at the beginning and then, uh, entrusting me with the keys as of late. I'm looking forward to turning them back over because it's uh, it's tough. <laughs> this is not easy. I know you've been doing it for a while with 451 as well. Um, it's tough to talk for that long and and stay interesting, but uh, it's a it's a passion. It, it's fun to talk about the clubs we love and uh, to drink with friends we love and eat with friends we love as well. So, uh, yeah, like Garrett said to all of you out there, uh, we thank you for celebrating 300 episodes with us. We cheers to you, Prost. We'll be right back uh, with segment two. Welcome back to Hey on Track Frankfurt, segment two. Uh, Chris and Garrett with you again for episode 300. Uh, thanks again to Brian and Derek Ray. Outstanding uh, what Brian's put together. We always appreciate Derek 
and his insights. Uh, for my money, the best broadcaster out there in the sport. And for him to lend time to us once in a while, Brian's done excellent interviews with him in the past. Uh, check out the HefPod archives at HefPod.com for that. Um, and some of the other interviews that, that Brian has done as well. Uh, Laura Frygang was a great one. Phil Bonney was a great great listen as well a lot of good insight on the broadcast front there so yeah lots of cool stuff um as we look back at where this podcast is coming from and we'll talk a little bit about where it's headed too uh so let's go back here 100 episodes um since our last tribute episode at 200 um it was exactly 24 months ago january of 2022 uh eintracht frankfurt was not yet champions of Europe. Eintracht Frankfurt had not yet um, reached that pinnacle of of just overwhelming success that we had never felt in my lifetime, certainly. Um, I'm curious for you. I, I know we're, we're going to talk about a lot of points here. Uh, listeners gave us some insight into their high points and low points. Is there one particular high point to you that stands out more than others, whether it was something on the pitch or off the pitch since January of 22 that stands out the most for you? You know, I think back to kind of what we've all experienced both, um, you know, the matches we've seen since, you know, January of 22 and the experiences that we have had watching this club, um, you know, meeting up with, you know, AFSA uh, Austin Adler um, to watch what was, believe it or not, in March of 22, that last Bundesliga win of that season, even though yeah. they won, the, they lifted up the Europa League trophy in Seville two months later. Um, I think about the people we've met since then too, um, you know, just related to that. The Europa meeting, meeting Thorsten, who was in, who was in town for a work conference. And it's like, you know, thankfully, you know, McShane's was 10 minutes away so we could watch that Europa League final. Um, and the, um, I think it's almost wild in a way how close we were last year to having, um, this, our dear club that we love and we're what we're talking about right now almost have a chance to take on our local club. And that's not to say that that's not to say it's not that might not ever happen. It might, but it just gives you an idea of just how much has happened. And um, even though it was a loss, that first Champions League game at home, um, just taking that all in and just that we've seen so much and it's been wild to think it's only been two years, um, but it just yeah. shows you what could happen. So you will brace yeah. the moments while you have it. Um, yeah, we're going to get into what some of our fans responded. Or fans, <laughs> we're not that cool. Uh, some of our listeners put out there, uh, but I'll give mine first. Um, the Europa Cup uh, final in 2022. Um, I remember it like it was yesterday. I couldn't sleep the night before. I flew to Washington, D.C., I met up with Nathan there um, and producer Nathan, by the way, who needs his own shout out. The work he does behind the scenes to make this show happen Absolutely. is 
incredible. Uh, we'll thank him more later as well. Uh, but that final in DC, uh, meeting up with the EFC DC crew, uh, just a incredible picture, perfect postcard kind of day. I couldn't sleep that morning. So I got up as we're doing food shout outs in this episode. Uh, if you're in Washington, DC, hit up the GW deli right on the, the campus of George Washington university, the finest bacon, egg and cheese bagel in your life. And if you don't agree with that, I will Venmo money back to you. Um, that's an old haunt from when, when my wife was in grad school in DC, uh, we hung out there, but you know, I started there in the morning and I remember every step of that day. I walked along the mall. I may or may not have plastered parts of our nation's capital with half pod stickers, which <laughs> is frowned upon, but at least it's not a vote for this idiot or vote for that idiot. You know, it's vote for half pod. That's, that's a good, good sticker to go up around there. Um, but then making our way over, I met up with Nathan, uh, and, we took the train over to the bar and meeting up with the EFC DC crew, just everything felt right from the start of that day. And I remember everything about the match, Roto losing his face. And, you know, uh, uh, with my brain injuries, I don't have a memory. Uh, believe it or not, I got to, you know, catalog things in a very crazy way. I remember the sights. I remember the smells. I remember after Bore knocks in that winner in the shootout, um, looking for someone to hug. Everyone's jumping around and I'm looking around and there's Nathan and, you know, I'm, I'm not a little guy, but I think Nathan lifted me off the ground. It was just a, a wild scene there. Uh, we were running around the bar and, and people that had, were out on the patio that had no clue what was going on in our back room were running out there and high fiving them just, uh, sights and scenes <laughs> and uh maybe a few too many beverages because we got on on uh, facetime and hit up brian uh, who was back home in casey and chatted with him about who knows what but that day from beginning to end was probably the biggest highlight in my 30 years with this club um and i know everyone's got those memories uh as we we're asking our listeners on our Discord chat uh, what their highlights were from the last couple of years. A lot of them mentioned Barcelona. Um, Chris over in Austin, who you mentioned, a great host. If you're ever in Austin, hit up uh, um, Austin Adler group down there. They are outstanding hosts, uh, really good group, big group down there. I uh, get together to watch the games a lot. I think they have a watch party coming up. Uh, we'll send that out on our socials as well. Um but uh, Chris was at that match in uh, – uh, no, he wasn't at the Barcelona one. He was at the Europa Cup final. Um, but Chris mentioned that that win against Barcelona and just the way the fans took over that stadium. As I scroll through the chat here, four or five, six people mentioned that Barcelona game. That, that was just kind of when you had that feeling that Eintracht Frank Frankfurt is finally a big deal. We've arrived. It, I, did you get that same feeling, Garrett, in that Barcelona one, that that was kind of the Eintracht Frankfurt, we're here, uh, and <laughs> we might not be here to stay, but we had arrived on the big stage. Was that the day, even before the cup final? I think when we, you know what, we think about that run, it was like destiny in a way. When Martin Hinteregger in the round before that headed got the header in stoppage time, 
to make sure we get past Real Matisse to then we play Barcelona. It was like, all right, it's on. And I, um, I'll give a shout out to my Channel 451 co-host, Javi Ventura, who is a massive Real Madrid fan. So you can tell a lot of his life is shitting on Barcelona. So the fact that we did that, he's kept tabs on Frankfurt to be like, and give me reminders like, hey, remember this wonderful day, Garrett? I'm like, you don't have to remind me. Um, because it was just one of those moments. Like, I remember working, turning it on, and we were already 2-0 up. And I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it, it's kind of crazy. Um, that Was that Bore that hit that rocket? Oh, yeah. Um, from, from deep. I mean, way deep. You, there's still that view from behind the, the long goal, behind Kevin Trapp at the other end. And uh, was it Hasebe or Hinty? One of them had their hands up in the air uh, before that ball even went in. It was just clear as day. This this thing's going in. Um, that's another match that just kind of defined the rise uh, of Eintracht to that Champions League level. Um, other ones that people bring up, pummeling, uh, pummeling uh, Bayern Munich again. Five to one just a few weeks ago. Um, after the five, one thrashing, what was that a couple of years ago? Um, the one, a couple of weeks ago felt just as sweet, didn't it? In kind of a different way. Yeah. Cause I think we're, I mean, we didn't expect to do that again, especially in such repeat kind of style, but man, something about that match brings out the best in our watch parties too. Cause you and I were together for, for both of those. I agree. Uh, you know, probably after what one of the lowlights we might talk about, it was just like, all right, what's going to happen? And that team, it was, it was almost like we got to live our first watch party in 2019 all over again, uh, and maybe tweak it a little bit because this time there was no Bayern red card here. It was just, it was just a special moment. Um, and yeah, like it could tell you that you. Anything can happen on any given day. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, a, another highlight from the Frauen side. Uh, I remember this one real well too. Um, pummeling, just pummeling Wolfsburg four to nil at the the Waldstadion last year. Um, something about beating a team that's one of the best in Europe, or at that point they certainly were, um, and doing it in the home of Eintracht Frankfurt for the men's side, where the women's side needs to be featured a little more often because they're certainly deserving of it. Um, that was wholly, totally unexpected. Uh, and what I've also appreciated, too, is that the growth of the Frauen after the incorporation of, of FFC into Eintracht Frankfurt is the commitment to making the product better. Um a lot more features on social media, a lot more long form articles. They're not just there to wear the badge and spread, you know, the Jersey to a few dozen more fans. It is legitimately being backed by the club and that's the way it's supposed to be done. I'm proud to see that for the women's game. Uh, I'll be honest. I love watching the women's game more than the men's game right now for a variety of reasons. Um, but the rise of the Frauen and their champions league opportunity this year 
certainly leads us to one of our first lowlights uh, that someone mentioned, and that was the loss to Ajax in the Champions League qualifier for the women's team last year. Um, that one was tough in that and that Eintracht was the better side all match long, um, but then Ajax off of a chaos in, in a corner kick situation and a ball that just gets hit with a perfect spin rate at the perfect time right inside the post – Sunk hopes of um, making it to the group stage of the, the Champions League, which is just an absolute downer on the women's side. Um, not a lot to complain about for them in recent years, uh, but that's certainly the low light that stands out. Garrett, on the men's side, um, what, what's a low point for you in the last couple of years? Because this Eintracht roller coaster, the diva rears her ugly head far too frequently for our liking, but. Is there one that sticks out for you that was like, man, why do I subject myself to this? Um, I'll add one real quick for the Frauen for me. And it was actually incredibly recent. Um, just before Christmas, our game versus Benfica. Um, oh, yeah. Because the day before, the men came down from 1-0 in stoppage time to score two goals to win. But yet the next day, back at the Stadium. Um, dominating performance, but we didn't have that. We were up early. We just couldn't put it away to make get the second or third. Benfica get the one with their chance. We win a penalty. Normally, Fry game buries them, but she didn't hit. She didn't hit it cleanly. And I remember, I think I texted you at that moment. And when I got there, I was like, I wanted this one more than the men the day before. Yeah, uh, yeah. That, I think we needed it more. That Benfica win would have changed the table yeah. in a way that probably would have gotten them through. Um, for me, for the men, I would say, you know, if anything, our exits from competitions it, to me is sometimes a low life. Um, last year, when Napoli were one of the best sides in Europe, without a doubt, but. I just, that last, that two-legged tie was brutal. Um, yeah. And the Pokal, and I think also, and then I'll then say the Pokal, because the Pokal final in the summer, because you and I were there for that, and definitely the Sarbrooken loss, I mean, was one of the lowest feelings I felt in recent times just because especially the, the significance of this Pokal this year and you know how much in another situation we'd be one of the favorites to be in it and to just not really have not really turn up that sunk and I think if you could go back to that episode and listen to because we did that episode at what 10 o'clock ish on a Wednesday night and you late, wouldn't yeah. have and you wouldn't have thought that it was that late based off how pissed off the two of us were. <laughs> yeah, I was red hot the next day, too. Yeah. Um, there's a couple points that stand out for me, and we don't want to dwell on the bad. We're going to get back to the good in a minute. Yeah. Um, but, you know, with this club, you got to take the bad with the good because they're interlaced in time, and, and you don't feel the highest of the high without feeling the lowest of the low, too. And one of those for me, um, some people, you mentioned the loss to Napoli. Uh the RKM red card that preceded the exit. Um, 
for me, when when Randall Kolomuani gets that red card, which by the book, okay, it was a red card. I'll give it. But I think in the context of the competition, that point in the competition and that point in the match, it maybe it shouldn't have been. Uh, that's that's for the referees to decide. Um, but when RKM, for the form he was in that whole season, um, for him to miss out on the next match, for me, that's kind of when I felt we don't have any shot. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all the Champions League hope for me went out the window with that red card. Um, you know, but the, the alternate side of that is the season he had and, uh, you know, with his subsequent running his mouth about not wanting to be here, the amount of money he made for us, uh, because of that season was a good thing as well. You know, that, that led to a, a big financial windfall that we're still trying to spend, which is a good thing. Um, a couple other interesting ones here. Someone mentioned, uh, the retirement of Hinty. Um, that, yeah, that kind of hit hard because uh, I don't know if people were expecting it. You know, by the way, we have to mention that Hinty was an ice hockey player, a helicopter pilot, all that stuff that, you know, ESPN just loved to. The only piece of research they ever did was on all of Hinty's alternate um, uh, things outside of soccer. But, you know, it, he was probably the most likable guy during his time here. Certainly frustrating, too. Um, but one of the most likable, charismatic guys that I've ever seen go through this club. And, you know, I'm not going to get into the drama around why they came to terms, took part ways. But, uh, man, Hinty was such a lovable guy for the fans. He, he, he was a fan of the game. And he celebrated with the fans like a fan. And the videos on social media of him uh, celebrating that cup title with the, the – with the fans back in Frankfurt. I mean, that's, that stuff is legend. Uh, really does not get any better than that. Um, and Hinty, the ice hockey player too, uh, showed his toughness on the field. And I think that's why he was endeared to so many people. Uh, you know, he played a good game when his Jersey was just filthy. And, uh, you know, that's another one where the low, the lowest of the low and the feeling of losing him is because of the highs that we felt because of him. And, uh, that's really what I take out of this whole, this whole discussion right now is that the lowest of the lows are balanced by the high of the highs. Uh, you yeah. got any other big moments from the last couple of years? I think you were talking about Martin Hinteregger and Martin Hinteregger, even before the, like my one time was in Germany, which was before, before we hit episode 200, uh, just my experience of how much the fans, even 30, 40 minutes before kickoff, you just hear people yelling, Hinty! Just, you know, they loved him. And I also think about some other characters in these la- in this last run of episodes that we've had. Um, you know, Gonzalo Paciencia, um, you know, who's now at VFL Balkum, but someone who's still loved, like he's still one of our own by the Frank- Eintracht Frankfurt faithful. Um you know, and um, obviously now, although on his way to Brazil, Rafael Santos Bore, um, you know, it's one of those players, you know, there's players in this run, last run that have really endeared to us. 
Um, we talked about Rhoda and his commitment playing through pain. Um, you know, I think of, um, obviously, Paciencia. I think of Hinterdegger. Um, Kevin Trapp, you know, stand, you know, his commitment and love and just, you were talking about ice hockey, uh, standing goalie save out of the blue. Um, yeah. And just, I think about there's, there's something about the connection that, uh, but between players and support and, and supporters here in this club that, um, is special. And you can tell that when former players move on, they always seem to stay in good spirit. Well, for most parts, unless you're around the Koumawani or some others, you still have good relationship and connections because you real, those players realize that they had something special here. Um, yeah. during that time. And I think I got, to, you got to see more and more of that in this run. Um, you know, especially as you remember, you wrote, you remember Seville and, um, or as I'm looking at the coffee. That's the, well, I was just going to say that's the perfect way to, to seg, segue into my final high point. It's yeah. just the commitment of these fans. Um, it costs a ton of money to do the amount of traveling that Eintracht Frankfurt fans do. Um, for individuals going or, or collectively, uh, just the amount of people that go to Barcelona that find their way into London, even though they've been banned, um, wearing the opposing colors and then, you know, covering up your red and black underneath, whatever it is. Um, Everywhere on track goes, our supporters go. And every club in the world thinks they have the best fans in the world. And that's that's not to debate. Uh, soccer fans are all wonderful. Uh, but on track, Frankfurt, you talked about it, that connection between the people, you know, and the club itself. And they live the values that that the club embodies. And there's certain players that stick in your mind that do that. Uh, uh, Slobodan, for me... Uh, going back to my youth with this team and, you know, watching him wear the colors again um, during the old folks match uh, tournament a couple weeks ago. It's that kind of nostalgia for these guys. I'm looking forward to seeing Rhoda come back and Chandler come back. And, you know, even even guys that moved on for greener pastures. At some point, Jesper Lindstrom is going to come back. And these guys that are forever champions. You win a cup title here? You're a champion. DFB Cup, uh, Europa Cup, it doesn't matter. You're an Eintracht Frankfurt champion. You're going to be treated like a hero when you show back up. And I think that is the perfect embodiment of this club is the way that we never forget. I mean, that that can be good. That can be bad. um, But we never forget. Uh, And that loyalty is something that we wear on our sleeve. So um, let's talk a little bit here for a few minutes about what's on tap for Eintracht Frankfurt um, as a club. So it, it took us two years to get from 200 to 300. Garrett, what does the next two years look like on and off the pitch for Eintracht Frankfurt? Lots of talk about the league uh, with outside investment. Um, from a corporate standpoint, from an ethics standpoint, I trust the people at Eintracht Frankfurt to do what is right. Um, but how that translates on the pitch, what do you see in the next 
100 episodes, two-ish years coming towards uh, Eintrack Frankfurt. I think we've kind of already seen it with this offseason in that we said goodbye to a few more players this offseason than I would have anticipated. And I think, you know, we've talked about it before, and that's because we realize there is, you know, find that we're realizing now that we're seeing performances by players wearing this shirt, wearing whatever color shirt we're wearing, because we switch, you know, what colors is going to be every year lately. But what I'm getting to is that we are gaining financial rewards due to the performances that people have had in there. And these performance and these financials are allowing us to it's helping us out in a way. It's getting us out of whatever trouble we had during the pandemic. And we're then creating the next wave. I'm very curious to see what this new crop of people that we have in here right now of under Dino, the Omar Marmoshes, Chaibis, Larsons. Even Kanaf right now is having a year that I wasn't expecting them to have. And Bembe. Um, as for, we've talked about as frustrated as this season's been, look look at where we're at in the table. And I would yeah. I was, you know, it's and we still could do even more than that. And that's just this year. Um or in Dizemyar, as I'm looking at the uh, coffee table book um that Sean Mann of Detroit City gave me from when the Frankfurt people visited um, last year. Um, you know, that's there's opportunities for special moments to be had continuously. Um, whether it, you know, maybe what's Conference League finals at Athens this year? Um, whether that's Athens this year or Berlin next year, or maybe even something bigger and better. Um, we're seeing so much happen right now, and even especially on the Frauen, that I'm feeling really good right now. Yeah. You know, I don't want to get too high and mighty because this is on right. track Frankfurt. We do have, you know, our, our demons that we still have to deal with that we haven't totally gotten rid of yet. Um, yep. But – I recall in the 90s and 2000s and, you know, just as recently as, as my time living in Germany in the mid 2010s, um, relegation battles, look, doing the math to figure out how soon we can be safe from the bottom of the table and right. not being really comfortable until then. I mean, I was on this podcast when we talked about, you know, straddling that 13, 14 area halfway through the year and just being uncomfortable and, um, I, I don't want to get too far ahead, but I think it is safe to say that we've built this, we sh I shouldn't say we, um, the front office has built this club to the point where they're safe enough to not have that internal battle of, are we relegation worthy or not? Um, for me, I, I never think anything's a given. I mean, a, a run of bad form can always sink a team when others are finding their their good run of play. But I think on track Frankfurt is at a point now where we can expect Europe every single year, where you should be disappointed um, if we don't make a run 
in the Europa Conference League now. You should be disappointed if we don't qualify for Europa League for next season. And after qualifying for Europa League next season, if we don't repeat it, and then by the time we do episode 400, you're not staring down the barrel of a Europa League knockout stage or maybe even a Champions League berth. I mean, that is where we should hold the standard. Um, we, we talked here a lot of, in Detroit locally about the Detroit Lions changing the narrative, setting the standard. I want to bury the diva. That is my goal by episode 400. Whether I have to get on a plane, I'm doing it this summer. I'll be over in Frankfurt this summer. If I got to just knock on doors so we can get our shovels together and bury that fucking diva, that's all I want by episode 400 is that match where we can say, there, she's done, she's dead. Um, I don't think it can come with the group we have here. I mean, even a Europa League title didn't necessarily get rid of that. It's going to take something bigger than that. It's going to take a Bundesliga title, or it's going to take a couple of cup victories, um, maybe a Champions League uh, final appearance. Something of that level is what it takes to bury that moniker that's been around for so long, and deservedly so. Um, that's where I think the ceiling is. As far as the basement, if I think... Our standard is Europa, uh, or I'm sorry, European competition year after year. I have to also acknowledge that the basement has to be higher. We can't right. be talking relegation battles. Um, so for me, the low point as a club has to be um, the the horrible losses in the DFB Pokal, losing to lower division teams. We, we've talked about it for years, how we either win the whole damn thing or uh, we're going to fizzle out in round one or two to a lower division side. I have a feeling that those things are still going to be coming our way, and they happen to all teams. Uh, they just happen to us a little more often. Um, but when you shoot for the stars, sometimes you fall a little bit short. It's just kind of the way it is. I want to believe that we're beyond the, the bad shit you know, that that's behind us. So I really think by raising the expectations, setting that standard higher, the the low point for us is much more reasonable. You know, winning Europa League with an 11-point finish in the table, or I'm sorry, 11th place finish in the table. Garrett, that was such a weird year. Um, mm -hmm. The highest of highs and also the lowest of lows. If we could just find a little bit of of control and you know what's the word stability in our week-to-week -week activities that would be real nice yeah and i think when we predict we were joking around in october of that season of going to be fighting relegation while going to qualify for the champions league because we win europa we were ha we were talking out of our ass at that time and then it actually happened um but we didn't win a league game for two and a half months to close the year out but we lifted a trope, but we lifted the second high, second most important European club competition trophy at the end of the season. I tracked Frankfurt. Um, and what I hope for my, I'll talk about my big low right now. I think it is, we've made a lot of growth. I feel like of as I tracked Frankfurt, the club in terms of notoriety, 
to an extent, but I feel like we could have we could be doing more with that. As I look at the Bundesliga evolving, and I'm like like you like you, I'm very curious to see this. Um, what the equity investor equity does, um, but it pains me every time to see a league with some of the best fan culture in the world self-inflicting themselves, I feel like, and people, for them not to get the notoriety and awareness. I think Eintracht Frankfurt are, to an extent, trying to realize how can they do that abroad, but in order to do that, you got to do a little bit more than what you're doing right now. And I'm saying that as somebody who's trying, and you and I both, trying to get involved in growing this club that we love. And sometimes yep. feeling like we have to do it on our own. You know what? I'm going to revise um, my goal. My goal is to get this club to allow membership subscription online with a few clicks of a button and a right. credit card. Um, I've made no secret about it. My, I would love to become a member. Um, but as a person living in the United States – Without uh, the appropriate banking information in Europe anymore since I moved home, uh, I am not allowed to join on Trek Frankfurt with a whole lot of paperwork and sending paper checks and all that nonsense. Um, this club needs to be more accessible. And yep. you talked about it. And it, it's not just the membership thing. It's embrace the people. Um, talk to the people. Engage with the people that carry your brand around the world. Maybe make it a little easier to ship to the States. Uh, if I want to buy a jersey, but I don't want to buy $300 worth of stuff, ship me a jersey without charging me $40 in shipping. I know yep. it costs a little bit of money, uh, but if I'm dropping 150 bucks on a jersey, you know, maybe we can forego a little bit of that. I am willing to give the club all the money in the world that it takes to be successful. I, w- I would give this club my last penny. They mean that much to me. Um, but I want to see them give it back to the people as well. Uh, the, the fans are the reason that this club is as great as it is. Um, the players are phenomenal. We love them to death. You know, we've, we've literally, uh, embraced them, blood, sweat and tears. Um, but this club is nothing without the supporters behind it. And that's the, that's the idea of 50 plus one that nobody is bigger than the club itself. And that gives me a little fear as you were mentioning with outside investment coming to the Bundesliga, how that's going to shape the league going forward. Um, it's equity in, in terms of the, the capital funding, but it's also about equitable allocation of that money and how is it going to best suit the clubs uh, and, and you mentioned growth of the game. That's not just a global thing. That's growing the game in Frankfurt, growing the club in a sustainable uh, way that makes sense, that doesn't damage the reputation of the club, but also keeps it competitive uh, in Germany and in Europe as well. So I trust the people in charge there. Um, we certainly have to give our our finest salute to Peter Fischer, uh, outgoing president of Eintracht Frankfurt as of this weekend. Um, still, my goal in life is for him to just 
to my face. Just give me one of those legendary Eintracht Frankfurt pep talks. And I mean, I don't speak a lick of German. I can order a beer and, and that's about it. But man, when he starts talking, I get fucking tears in my eyes. I love that man. Uh, we certainly wish him the best in his retirement and look forward to seeing him at the Valstadion, um, in matches going forward with a little bit, le- a little bit less work to do. Um, so let's talk about uh, real quick here before we take our last break. Um, the future of the show here on Half Pod, uh, revolving lists of hosts and who you hear each week. Uh, lately, it's been me and Garrett. In the past, it's been others. They're still around. Uh, everything Garrett and I are talking about has a team of people behind it, feeding ideas, feeding thoughts. Uh, we talk about this being the ultimate Half Pod uh, experience for fans. Hey, Eintracht Frankfurt is all about um, the fans. And if you're a fan of Eintracht Frankfurt and you want to be on the show, I want you on the show. Hit us up on halfpod.com. Uh, hit us up on any of our social media pages that are linked there. Cause I want to get you on the show. If you got a hot take about Kevin Trapp or what you think we need to do with the summer transfer window, tell the world about it. Use our platform, uh, for your voice. So we're going to do a lot more listener profiles. Uh, hear where people are listening from and uh, get their opinion on everything out there. I mean, that's how Garrett started here. That's how I started here. And now we do this every week. Um, another thing we're excited to start actually this Thursday, uh, February 1st, right about the time you're listening to this episode, Garrett and I are going to bring out a new series um, on X, formerly Twitter and Instagram. Uh, where we'll be doing some short takes that aren't worthy of an episode of babbling your ear off. Um, but if we've got a hot take on a transfer rumor or, um, you know, I'm still pissed off that I can't get my membership uh, with three clicks and a credit card, you're going to hear it right there. Uh, quick hits on Instagram and, and X, formerly known as Twitter, will be a regular thing, a casual thing, uh, not a lot of introduction, just, hey, here's my take. And uh, we hope that you'll enjoy that. And we want to hear your hot takes, too. Uh, It's very important that you come back and chat with us. Uh, Hefpod.com, all of our socials are linked there. And, of course, our 24-hour Discord chat, which is phenomenal. I mean, it's blossomed into everything outside of Eintracht Frankfurt. We're talking weather and food and drinks and guitars. Garrett, I know you're big on that guitar uh chat room there just you know it it's really taken on a life of its own it's a lot of fun these people uh, i look forward to talking them to them on a daily basis um and it's become a nice little half pod family there and everyone is welcome to join a couple clicks from our website and you'll be right there um but garrett we're gonna take a quick break here for the very rare segment three we'll be right back Welcome back to Hey on Track Frankfurt, segment three, episode 300. That's kind of appropriate. Uh, let's get into previews. 
We got three matches that we're going to preview on this one. Uh, first Wednesday, the 31st of January, 1900 European, uh, Central European time. Eintracht Frankfurt Frauen, their final match of the Champions League season. Uh, it's kind of disappointing. It's coming to an end. We're not going to dwell on it. Um, it is what it is uh, against Rosengard. This is one where you could go one of two ways. You can keep things going forward with rotation uh, uh, or forward with the, the steady group you've had, or you can go into full rotation mode, get some extra time for some players you haven't seen a lot of. That's the one I'm in favor of here because I want to see Shakira Martinez get more time on the ball. Um, some other people that we need to work in uh, due to injuries. We're going to have some players seeing more time than usual. Garrett, what, what side of that coin are you on? You know, I think we got a good win on Sunday against Colm. Um I agree. We got to like Frauen Bundesliga's top priority, but now you want to keep the rhythm going and I think get some, make some rotation, get some people in there. Uh, or Shakira Martinez, um, other people that may have come in there, Sheba, um, and just, you know, keep, make it as well as on there. Cause obviously that's the thing. Rosengard's not going to come in lying down either. Even though they're out, they want to, make as good of a standing as they can. So yeah. And we're without yeah. our captain too. So yeah. you know, we've got we've got some experienced people out there. Laura Frygang is wearing the armband uh without Tanya Pavalik out there. But um it's one of those things where who's gonna step up and be a leader? And right. if you're gonna go the rotation route and play some new faces, some new names, uh we want to see who's gonna take the lead because uh, this grind through the second half of the season is going to be tough. And it starts just a few hours later, uh, Saturday, February 4th, 1230 here, Eastern time in the States, uh, 1830 in Central Europe. It's right back to league play. SGS Essen, um, not to be overlooked. Uh, they're sitting kind of quietly in fifth. It's one that kind of snuck up on us. They've been up and down recently, but they had a good run of form in December and uh, late November before or after that break, I get foggy on the timeline, but um, you know, they're not a threat to us in the table so much. We're six points ahead, but it's the damage they can do as we mm -hmm. try to chase down Bayern. These are the points that we have to take um, all three. It's unacceptable not to, uh, am I crazy on that one? No, because you know, it's a must win, right? Yeah. If you look at it, couple months ago there was a three-way tie for third place between you know Eintracht Frankfurt Frauen Hoffenheim and SKS Essen and yes Essen two nailed us to start the year off but we have gone into complete stride and we have a run of fixtures coming up you know if I look at it in a right it's like after Rosengard it's okay it's in the league play Essen Wolfsburg Leipzig Bayern Munich um yeah yeah. This is what can make your season. We're in third, but we can be even higher than that, depending on how this run of fixtures goes. It starts with Essen, 12.30 p.m. Eastern time this coming Sunday. Bring it up. You know, piggybacking on the Champions League game that's Thursday – or, sorry, Wednesday, um, that one's being played at Deutsche Bank Park. 
Now, I don't expect there to be a ton of people. I think a lot of people are going to say, hey, they're out of Champions League. I'm not going. I hope that's not the case. I hope people do show up. Uh, but there is a little bit of concern about going from a big stadium, even though we're going back to familiar familiar ground at the Brentabana on um, Sunday, it's a little concerning that, you know, you might not come out with the same emotion. Uh, but I think if they learned anything from the grind of Benfica and Barcelona and playing matches after those, you got to be ready every single match out. And I think if they took the letdown in, in, um, uh, in Barcelona last week and then parlayed it into a victory on the weekend, um, hopefully they take that same approach this time and quickly, you know, celebrate or whatever, get over Wednesday's result and get right back for Sunday. Yeah, yeah. Let's let's go so, for it. I agree. Uh, predictions there uh, for either one. I'm not going to predict Rosengard because I just don't know the variables going into it. But what do you have on the weekend match Sunday? Yeah, Rosengard I'm going to skip because it's like we just want to see how the team – like we just want to see a good performance for them. Um, you know, Sunday they're going to want payback from a 2-0 loss. You know how it rolls. We don't. Pre- I'm not predicting a clean sheet with this squad. Um, but – I think they're going to turn that game around. I think they're in a good stride. You said four in a row in the league. Um, it's going to make, let's make it five. Um, I'm going 2-1. I think it's going to be a grind. Essen are going to come into work. I mean, Essen put Wolfsburg to the test in this mess, last match. They had him up. Wolfsburg then, you know, went on, you know, when they score, they score often. So in a, quickly, and they did that, but. You know, it tells you like Essen's going to make things difficult. Uh, so they'll get, I think they'll get one, but we'll get two at least. Goal scores. Um, I am going Laura Prashnikar for one. And you said Frygan's got the armband? Yep. She gets the other one. All right. Um, you know, another thing we didn't mention Stina Johannes got injured. Um, and Carol Bozel took over. I don't think that's a step down, but as far as the amount of minutes she's gotten this year, it's a concern, um, that, you know, just the comfort level playing out of the back and being organized, um, how she communicates with the players versus the way Stina did might be a little bit of a concern. So I'm with you as far as no clean sheet. Um, but I'll go with a two one and I think Laura Fragan gets two goals on the weekend. Um, and that's just, based on the fact that I've liked her aggression lately. She looks angry, and I think she's overdue to have one of those matches where she says, hey, don't forget about me up here. I know uh, Nicole Aniomi is going to be chomping at the bit, but um, let's not forget about Frogging either. She's a hell of a player up there. Um, So then we get to the men's side. Uh, Saturday, February 3rd, the traditional 15.30 start. um, 12.30 Eastern, actually. 12.30 Eastern. We got the lunchtime game. Oh, oh. I um I'm a bad typer. That's 18:30 in um in Europe, and that is 12:30 here in the states because I am really good at that conversion, but I'm really bad at reading off of a computer screen. So, um, I'm track Frankfurt, as we talked about, coming off of a victory against Mines, and now it's right back to league play. Garrett, what do you have against Cologne? Um, Cologne, Cologne are you know. They're grinding. They have not, they're struggling to get wins. They've won two and nineteen played. Um, they're getting some points lately. They got a draw. 
against Wolfsburg. They're in the playoff spot now. Um, they're at home. So they're, you know they're going to be a packed crowd. Um, the last time Frankfurt went to Köln uh, was, was it, it was a 3-0? It was a loss. I think it was 3-0, 2-0, 3-0. I forgot it because I don't want to remember that match. Um, I don't think it's going to be that. But if it's any indication on how Köln were when they came in to take on Frankfurt um, Labor Day weekend here, um, the Sunday fixture, um, it's going to be a difficult out. So I expect a game, a match, similar to how Mainz was in a way, um, but you need to have that edge in attacking. I'm really curious to see if Omar Marmush gets uh, gets the start. I think Chaibi I think Chaibi's going to get back in the lineup. I don't know if, starting. I don't know if Shkiri's going to get the start because I think Mario Götze has made himself done admirably in that role next to Larson in the center of, of the midfield. Um, yeah. But you know, I also want to see how. Marmush and Kalajic link up together because I'm really like, can we do, can we see a tall, small combo? And if that's the case, I, I think we're about to have a whole lot of fun, but uh, give me your thoughts on the match and your prediction and then I'll give you mine. <laughs> well, I don't want to hear too much shit from our friend Jake over at 50 plus donors. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's really what I'm worried about is the trash talk that comes out of this one. Uh, another great Bundesliga podcast. Uh, he's been on here before and uh, we'll do another collaboration soon. You know, this is scary because I shouldn't feel confident as, as good as, as bad as Cologne has been. I shouldn't be too concerned, but I also shouldn't be too confident because it's on track Frankfurt. Yep. Um, but I think we have the right pieces playing well right now defensively where there's not going to be much attack from Cologne. I mean, in 19 matches, they have 12 goals scored. 34 conceded, minus 22, 22 differential there. Um, when you're Timothy Chandler numbers in the hole, I mean, that's, that's going to be hard to overcome. One goal should finish this one for us. Um, I think we need two to be safe. We've had enough clean sheets lately that it's a little bit concerning to me. It's great on our defense. Our midfield has been locked down, um, but we're kind of due to just have a complete meltdown defensively, whether it's an individual or a team breakdown. I don't know. Um, not confident in the clean sheet, but I do think we can score goals. Um, is Marmouche back? I uh, should be back. Egypt are out. So, um, if he's in, I don't know if he'll start. You but might I would see him as a him sub. Be- Marmouche will not be back. He is stuck in Egypt with a cold. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So. Give me a three to one. I'm going to go three to one on Trek Frankfurt on this one. Uh, goal scores. Hmm. Uh, I'm going to give you a crazy one. Give me Tuta, maybe off of a corner or something. or You know, remember that game where Tuta just decided he was going to play forward a few weeks ago? Maybe oh, it'll God. be one of those <laughs> things where we just find him up front way too much. Uh, give me a Tuta goal. Give me Marmouche. And uh, let's go with Chibi. Why not? All right. So you're going 1-3. Jake from 50 plus donor 
we'll we'll probably go ten nil to Cohn because that's his. <laughs> I feel like that's his that's bread his and butter. Yeah, that's how he rolls. So I think it's my turn to play with fire. Um, you said Cullen have scored twelve goals in nineteen games, right? Yes. Um, their goal in Frankfurt was due to a penalty conceded Labor Day weekend. Um, thank you, Niels and Cuckoo, for making sure we left that match with a point. Um, Cole nil. I'm tracked Frankfurt two. Robin Cock gets a goal off a set piece or a ball in the box, and he's in at the right place at the right time. And Sasha Kalajic, uh gets his first for Eintracht Frankfurt. Love it. That would be a great. That would be a great way to open up having our full roster back, getting new guys involved with guys that have established themselves. And um, I'm pretty confident in this one, but we also know never to be overconfident. Uh, Garrett, where can people find you to yell at you about your prediction? Oh, if you want to shout all the obscenities at me, or when you start seeing this video series, uh, make fun of my mullet, um, you can see here uh, Twitter, Instagram, Discord, GM Comats. Um, if you're in the Detroit area, follow our Detroit teams, my mug on Channel 451 and Majors, Detroit. Um, but I'm tried Frankfurt, Detroit. Detroit SKA on Twitter, Detroit City Clubhouse, 12.30 p.m. Eastern this Saturday. Um, if you don't have anything to do, come watch this match with us. And you can either tell me that I'm a fucking idiot or you could be like, man, you must have a good eye on this match. Either way, you'll enjoy the As food. As you like to say, both things can be true. Exactly. You can enjoy the food, <laughs> enjoy the bevs, um, and kind of see, what, yeah, see what's all going down. Um, what's all going down around here lately. And you can find me, uh, Chris, here in Michigan. I am on Peloton, Discord, X, uh, at C in the D313, or Instagram, Chris and Monroe. Um, and of course, the show, um, Instagram, uh, uh, Matt runs that one pretty well at Hey on Track Frankfurt. We're on X, formerly known as Twitter at HEF pod. And of course, all the other links, discord, uh, Facebook still around. Who uses Facebook anymore? I don't know. I do dailies Um, on it, but that's about (laughs) it. There you go. Um, but yeah, all the social links and direct, uh, message us on hefpod.com. Uh, we certainly love the feedback. We'd love to see you pop up in our 24 hour discord chat as well. Um, linktree.com forward slash hefpod if you're afraid of hefpod.com and my amateur web development skills uh this being episode 300 we got to give some other shout outs to uh nathan quarta in st louis our fantastic producer uh wonderful host he he bleeds on track frankfurt that man is uh he he's loyal but like me he's also cynical and i think that's why him and i get along so well uh, Nathan, we appreciate everything you do for this show and you have for years. Um, you can find Nathan uh, at hessen.social forward slash at N-A-J-A-K-W-A. Um, and I mentioned our show links, our show art. Uh, Nathan does fantastic work with the art. I'm actually getting some coasters made uh, with the show covers that that Nathan does on a mostly weekly basis. Um, fantastic artist. 
And I'm looking forward to those. When I show those off, people are going to be like, damn, I need some of that. Um, but yeah, Nathan show art using photography, um, copyright image. Um, and then of course, uh, uh, the music side of things, uh, since the start and we don't thank them enough. We should get better with that. Our theme song is the song Forza SKA by Frankfurt and Eintracht legend Tankard. You can follow Tankard at Tankard official and at reapermusic.de forward slash reaper. Our outro music, Hey Eintracht Frankfurt by Roy Hammer and Deep Perlinas. Uh, find them at royhammer.de. Uh, once again, thanks to Brian. Thanks to Derek Ray. Thank you for all of you. If you're still listening over an hour, almost an hour and a half into this one, uh, Every single week, like, listen, subscribe, all that good stuff. We will talk to you next week with episode 301. Hey, on track, Frankfurt. Cheers. Too soon, Chris. Too soon. Hey,